0: No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. And just like clockwork, I turn on my microphone and my neighbor's kid from two floors down starts screaming at the top of his lungs. And um, at this point, I really do believe that he has conspired with some of my enemies because it doesn't make sense. Like, how does he just start crying? At the moment when I need the most silence, but hey, so if you hear him or like a strange sound in the background, it is him and nobody's killing him. (laughs) It's just a phase he's going through, man. Like I really feel for his folks. (laughs) However, guys, I hope you've had a brilliant week. Thank you so much to everybody who reached out on Instagram in relation to last week's episode that was actually pretty heavy, but very necessary i didn't realize there were so many people who would identify with it and i do hope that i've gotten back to everybody if not don't worry i i I will do that this week it's just that i'm juggling so many things on my own and yeah it's now taking me longer than it should yeah so this week uh what have i been up to so first i have been rediscovering a lot of music that at one point in my life was like super inspiring to me, always put me like in a good place or that I would use, especially when I was writing poetry. There's some music that would just move me to start writing nonstop. So I've been listening a lot to, or re-listening a lot to Erica Badu. Yo, I love this song by High School, I Want You. For those of you who like conventionally arranged music, When that particular song starts, you'll just be like, what is happening here? (laughs) There's something wrong with this edit. Um, But just give it time. Give it time to, like, build. It's so beautiful. Oh, my God. It's such a beautiful song. Please just check it out. It's called I Want You. Which other one of hers have I been listening to? Ooh, there's one song of hers that I have always loved. In fact, I remember this one time when I was going through a breakup. (laughs) Uh. <laughs> yeah, let me just laugh at myself first before I... <laughs> anyway, it's okay. I was being human, and this is a space where we allow ourselves to be humans, and know. So, I was dating this guy, and it was just like a weird... No, it was not a weird relationship, actually. It was like a really you know, like, friendship on fire type of relationships. But it was really on and off. Not not on and off the conventional way. It was just, I don't know. It was just, yeah, yeah. like, when it was good, it was fantastic. When it was bad, whew! <laughs> anyway, so, um, everything was going great. And then he just randomly decided to, like, break things off with me. Which I now understand is because he thought I liked another guy anyway so (laughs) it's actually not that bad so he breaks up with me and then at this time I was doing the drive show on the first radio station that I ever worked at and I was pretty young so I go to like the boardroom and I'm just listening to this particular Erika Badu song and I'm just crying and you know like the boardroom because we were like on a very high floor so you have like a view of Nairobi city, like the CBD. And so I'm just there crying and I have my earphones on. So I didn't realize that our CEO (laughs) had walked into the boardroom. I'm there. Tears. (laughs) And so he taps my shoulder and I'm just like, Jehovah. (laughs) This is so unprofessional. Anyway, and he's just like, is everything okay? And then, you know, like, most men, not all, but most men really don't know how to, like, handle tears. Like, tears is like a kryptonite thing to them, right? And so he's just like, hey, I hope everything is okay, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. It's just, like, a really tough day. Luckily, he didn't, like, you know, prod and try and find out why I was crying. But let me tell you, those tears disappeared so quickly. (laughs) ah jesus anyway so the song <laughs> the song is didn't you know by erica Badu. it's a really beautiful song it's really like vulnerable i i honestly think like it shouldn't be wasted at you on a heartbreak <laughs> it's about like the general vibe of life and just trying to you're just like confused and you're wondering if you've made mistakes and the the cluelessness huh cluelessness Of not knowing whether you're on the right path or if you've really taken the right decisions, right? Um, Yeah, so I really love that song. You should check that one out as well. Although that one was pretty popular, so I, I guess you might know about it already. I don't know. So I've been doing that. I've also, because, you know, Bad Boys 3 is out and I've been following a lot of, like, Will Smith's interviews because I just love that man's take on life. And I was watching one of the interviews and he was talking about something that last year taught me. I wanted to high five him through the TV. He said something about how, especially when you're in... why I identified with it is because like in media, when you're on a show, et cetera, et cetera, even if you're being yourself, your audience labels you as only that. So you become this character. And so he was saying there comes a point when you have to let go of that character to truly unlock who you really are and who you really can grow into being. And it's tough because, and he actually said this like, when you look back, that character probably saved you, it got you paid, it grew you, and now you kinda have to let go of it. And I was just like, hey, preach. <laughs> so I've been watching a lot of his interviews. I've also been doing a lot of research because yo, fam. So I'm in this space where I'm trying to think of everything that I'm creating in terms of products, in terms of branding, and just trying to figure out how do I grow this product to the next level? How do I grow myself to the next level? Who are the people that I need around me? And it just made it very clear to me that doing this research. Although I have to say that I have been pushing myself more to make those calls, to go online and research and make those connections. Why is it that I have to push myself to do something that will better me, will better the things that I have created? It's because of self-doubt. Yeah, I realize it just comes to that. Self-doubt in the sense of wondering if I'm really skilled or knowledgeable enough to be able to drive the products or drive myself to the spaces or to the heights that I want to get to. That made me realize that I have been keeping people around me Not because they were adding any value, but because I was too scared to go about it alone. And that's something that I think maybe all of us do. If you don't, please hit me up and give me tips on how you got to that level. (laughs) But like we sometimes keep people around us or we stay in spaces even when we know we should move on or we should cut off these people because we're just scared of going the journey alone because you know you're doubting yourself self-doubt and it's one one heck of a drug um (laughs) sometimes i have been in positions where i'm like even believing in others more than i'm believing in myself so you know it's been one of those spaces that i'm like yo It's about time for you to take charge, make decisions and trust that you have enough experience and knowledge to lead. And in the spaces where you think that you don't have enough knowledge, then read up on it, like actually actively do something about it. Don't just sit back and use that lack of knowledge or lack of experience to doubt yourself even further. And imagine it's not something that I can do overnight. Like I was even telling a friend and it'll take me a while to work on that. But at least I am aware of it, (laughs) Cindy. So it reminded me of during last year's uni tour. So Legally Clueless, if you don't know, last year I went to a couple of universities in Kenya. And I got to record stories from Africans um, just experiencing the campus life. And one memorable story was of Omar. Omar is from Mombasa in Kenya, but he's going to uni in Nairobi. And he shared a, a very short story. So it can't actually stand on its own But it is linked to the story that's on 100 African Stories this week. And he shared about how he ran for a seat in the student elections twice. And the first time he got... Zero votes.
1: So my name is Omar Wadud. I'm originally from Mombasa. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm here in Nairobi to study and hopefully to build a career. Um, I think the highlight of uh, my time at USIU and this um, experience is actually good and bad at the same time. And that's actually me running for student council. So I actually ran for student council the first time, um, and I ran independently. I lost miserably with zero votes. <laughs> 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 um, but um, luckily, I had the courage to run again, um, which I think that's something that most people wouldn't do, Um, but I ran again the next year and I actually won um, with 15 votes on 15 across the board. So why did I run for student council? Um, I guess the primary reason is I felt like I could really make a difference. Um, I felt like I was going to do things differently and more importantly just for my own self-development and um, the the opportunity to actually apply all the things that I have in my head, Um, so that's the reason why I ran. Okay, I ran independently because I didn't have a choice. Uh, <laughs> I really wanted to run for the position, but I didn't have anybody else um, to run with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, that wasn't really an obstacle. Um, I wasn't scared to lose or to mm-hmm. run alone against everybody else who was running in teams mm-hmm. um, because the idea wasn't really... It wasn't for them, it was for me. Um, so that's why, yeah. Okay, so I remember when, um, when I first ran and they were announcing the results in the cafeteria. Actually, it wasn't in the cafeteria, it was in the TV room. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't really expect to win, um, especially since because other people had, it wasn't their first time doing this, they're experienced and such. But for me, honestly, I I knew I probably wasn't going to win from the beginning, um, but it was the effort that really mattered for me. What I did differently the second time I ran for student council um, was, first of all, I had a much better idea of what it takes to actually win. Um, And more importantly, um, I didn't run independently this time, actually. Yeah, the people who are in the opposite team actually became my teammates um, and it was much easier to put things together and work as a team um, so that we can win together and i guess you know make a difference in the school as a team
0: reason that i shared his story is because of the actual story that is on 100 african stories so i got to record Bunky w while i was in egypt last month We were at the same forum and we had been brought by the same team so i managed to like pull him away during the conference and just record him and it was quite interesting because i had actually interviewed him 10 years ago when i had just started my radio career he had come to kenya because he was the head of eme and eme was basically like a music label at the time that had people like Wizkid, Shady, there was a lady called Neola, and of course, Banky W himself, because he had so many hit songs then. And yeah, so I got to interview them um, together with my co-host 10 years ago. So when I saw him, I was just like, hiya. <laughs> I'm at a point where my career has kind of evolved, and his career has also evolved, because now he's doing a lot more in film production, his acting, acting. And he even ran for office in the last general elections in Nigeria. So I caught up with him to really talk about that. Because I've always wondered, what is that experience like? And he, just like Omar, didn't actually win the election. Does that mean he will never be involved in running for any position of leadership nationally? Or has he managed to take that experience and learn from it and implement new things or yeah anyway we had a really good conversation and so just a disclaimer we were like probably at the windiest parts (laughs) of the conference there were very many chatty people around us but you can definitely still hear him well and i think there are some very insightful things that he shares about his journey In politics.
1: A
2: hundred African stories. There
0: is no proper life that you live in. University as a musician. If I constantly just walked around feeling sorry for myself, I'm never going to get anything done.
2: Uh, There was a bit of frustration in between all of that. I've been
1: breaking my back for
0: this company. Therapy is not for the weak or for the crazy.
2: Stories from Africa. My name is Banky Wellington and I am from Lagos, Nigeria. I remember the first time that I actively... Um, and actually thought about um, putting myself forward to get into office. Um, It's actually an an interesting story, so it kind of climaxed at a certain point, but I'll start from the beginning. So over, I think I've been a musician in Nigeria for over 10 years. I've been an actor and a producer of film for over four years. Um, And all through these years, I had always tried to, kind of agitate or use my voice or use my image or my platform for a better Nigeria so you know some people call me an activist I like to say that I'm just a concerned citizen because I I see a country that I love so much um, that has given me so much that has given me the career and the life that I have and I just want better for the country I want better for our young people Um, and over the years it's just always felt like Nigeria was set up to hamper young people it was set up against young people um And so, you know, over the years, I would always, you know, whether it was Enough is Enough or the Occupy Nigeria protests or Light Up Nigeria or any time that there was any kind of protest or conference or anything like that, you would always find me kind of on the front lines, front and center, you know, trying to to ginger, as we say in Nigeria, trying to motivate young people to, to get involved in the conversation and to not just talk and not just tweet and not just point fingers at the government or bad governance or at all the issues and the problems that we have, but to try and be a part of the solution, to try and register to vote, to try and just get involved in that process. Um, Because I'm I'm a firm believer that countries change and, and big bodies or organizations change when the young people decide that it's time for that to happen. And so over the years, I would always speak to young people, I would talk at conferences and... It just always ended in frustration because I would do a survey in a room full of young people and say, okay, how many people are registered to vote? And it'd be 10, maybe 20% of the young people in the room. But yeah, we're all complaining and we're all pointing out what's wrong. And then I would say, oh, do you know who your representative is? Do you know who your senator is? So we would see that all of these things were wrong, but then we wouldn't really take it a step further than that. And, And most young people would just kind of casually pay attention to the presidential race and the governorship race. And meanwhile... The scum of the earth were getting into the National Assembly. People who should be in jail or in exile. People who should be ashamed to show their faces. You would see them in campaign season, all on the walls. And these are the people getting House of Representatives positions and senator senatorial positions. And then we wonder why gender equality can't pass in the House, and we wonder why you know there are no there there weren't enough you know em, you know youth empowering policies and 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 um, projects and initiatives in the countries because the people that we allow into the lawmaking bodies just don't have the interest of nigeria's young people at heart while i'm going about this process and you know trying to motivate young people you know i said you know we got to start paying attention you know and we need Yes, the problems in Nigeria are from the top down, but the solution is from the bottom. So we've got to start again. We've got to start from the bottom. We've got to infiltrate government with the brightest minds amongst us, with people who understand what it means to be a leader, who have the character and the competency to do things a different way, to bring in policies that can kind of help us out of the mess that we've created. But the solution is from the bottom up. We've got to start again. We've got to start in the grassroots. We've got to start in the community. We've we literally have to attempt to fix Nigeria one community at a time. You know, one day I I you know I was kind of just at home and I was thinking about the fact that nobody was paying attention to the national assembly to senators to any of that and I said why why don't we get it and then and then I'm sorry I was actually looking um just kind of reading the po- political news and I saw a lot of people who I consider bright minds who I consider you know people of you know of good character people who you know, I would say, hey, you know, this guy should get into government. But they were all running for president. I mean, we had tons of people running for president. And I said, why, why doesn't anybody see what I see, which is that we can't start there. How do you expect to win the presidency of Nigeria out of nowhere? You've never yeah. even been in the government before. No, You've no. never... You know, nobody knows, you know, your plan, your vision, like win a seat that takes 10, 20, 30,000 votes, prove yourself there and then then ask for a promotion. And then I literally felt like I heard a voice say to my head, "Okay, so what are you waiting for? What has God given you all of this success and following and relevance and, you know, not not like dangote wealth, but I'm okay. you know, I'm doing all right. Um, so, so what is all of that for if you cannot use it for a higher purpose, if you can't use it to inspire a generation, if you can't change the narrative, if you can't rewrite the narrative, if you can't lead by example, then then why bother? Why, why talk about it at all? You know what? Some of us have to be the ones to stick our necks out and to put our own money and our own sacrifices and our own energy into this thing. Yeah, so three months, you know, three, four months to the elections is when the light bulb went up in my head. And at first I was thinking, hey, you know, Maybe I should wait four years until the next cycle and, you know, kind of make my plans and, and build towards that. But then I said, you know, this isn't so much about the next election as it is about the next generation. Yes, it was three months to election day, but, you know, we didn't win the seat, but we succeeded in planting a seed. And that seed is in the minds of young Nigerians now and you see them getting together in groups and you see people you know, it's now it's about impact, it's about saying, you know, it's it's time for us to, to care enough to get involved because if we don't we'll sit idly by like generations before us and we'll watch the country burn. So um, so the challenges, is, um, first of all, the biggest challenge that we couldn't do anything about his time right and you know we were starting so late in the race you know we had a lot of ground to make up and then there's the challenge of money you know politics is expensive to campaign to, to print material to get airtime to do all of those things costs a lot of money and and unfortunately that's why certain people and parties are so powerful in the country because they're the only ones that can afford a campaign you know but um I think that what we've discovered is that we can't be trying to change politics and then attempt to do it the same way. Vote buying, you know, is is very prevalent in Nigeria. You know, politics has become so transactional that people, you know, the the masses, the grassroots kind of just wait until election day. And then whoever gives them money, you know, each person take 5K and all of this. And then that's who they cast the vote for because they don't expect anything more from their politicians. We've got to show that politics can be done a different way. We've got to harness the things that we do have. So we we may not have money, but we have a message, you know, and we have vision, we have technology, everybody, you know, more and more, there are more young people, more people on smartphones, you know. So when we started fundraising, some people didn't even understand because they'd never seen it. But that's the way politics is done because nobody can afford it. But in Nigeria, they're just so used to you going and getting a godfather who gives you 500 million naira or whatever but the problem with that is when you've collected that money you become indebted to that source so now you're not representing your community you're representing the interests of whoever sponsored your campaign and so you know we had to fundraise i had to spend a considerable amount of my own funds and then there's the challenge of just getting the right hands to help you. I remember less than a month into my campaign, my campaign manager and my media manager just stopped picking my calls and quit on me. And so here I am three, four weeks into the most difficult journey that I've ever been on. And I'm not only the candidate and the chief sponsor, I'm the the person hitting the streets, I'm the media manager, I'm the campaign, you know. And so it became this incredibly draining experience where, God bless my wife, every day I would come home, a shell of the, of the man that I am just completely broken but it was also incredibly inspiring because you learn more about people in 3 months of doing politics than in 10 years till my dying day I will be part of that change it's not a sprint it's a marathon you know I knew we probably weren't going to get it this time but at least we started that journey, and, and at least we've planted that seed, like I said before. And, and, and I'm, I'm so encouraged now by all the young people and all the brilliant people, because it's not even so much about age yeah. as it is about credibility. Um, you know, the youngest senator in Nigeria, I don't know if you heard of this, uh, was caught on a camera slapping the owner of a store, a woman, physically assaulting a woman, because she dared to tell him to just, oh, please, Oga, relax. You know, and then he peels off and starts slapping her and gets her arrested. And this is a senator, and not only is the senator; he's the youngest senator. You know, and now these are the same senators that are trying to put a social media bill in that says if you post anything on social media that causes people to lose confidence in the gov- government, you are you're guilty of an offense. You know, you're going to pay a fine, you're going to do jail time because they're trying to shut us up. So now more than ever, we've got to speak up, we've got to push back, we've got to we've got to be a part of of building the country that we want to be in. I actually believe that this, the biggest opponent that we have is not any specific godfather or specific political party, it's voter apathy. It's citizens who have been so used to getting crapped on for so long that they're now numb to it and they have lost complete faith in the process and they just don't care anymore. So. Now the Nigerian dream is one where you're just trying to survive Nigeria trying to escape it and that's why so many young Nigerians are lining up the Canadian embassies and embassies for different countries because they're just trying to escape. And so voter apathy is the biggest challenge. The seat that I ran for in my local community was one with 23,000 votes. I have 4.5 million followers on Twitter. I mean on Instagram and 2. I think 6 or 7 million followers on Twitter. And isn't it shocking that somebody with almost 5 million followers on Instagram can't find 25,000 people with voters cards and that's what apathy is because if I'm not even talking about 1% of my following but if I had 1% of the following who cared enough so not just retweet and not just repost and not just leave a comment and say, hey, we're with you, yeah. We're cared enough to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to go stand in line and I'm going to get a card. But now we're going to do it from the outside and we're going to inspire ourselves to say, guys, let's not wait until election comes to start trying to register to vote because that's what happens in Nigeria. Voter registration was on for two years, but everybody waited until a month before. And you have 100 million people trying to register and then, of course, it's a logistical nightmare. So that's that's one challenge. And then, obviously, there's the challenge of security some people politics is a do a die affair because they've never built anything or, or created a career or business or anything outside of it so it's like man I need to get into this office because this is how I know to make a living. Yeah. Um, and so you, you hear rumor, I mean, you hear news stories of, of unfortunately people who've lost their lives, people who've been assaulted, um, and young people who are used as weapons. You know, it's and so unfortunately, some of us are just gonna have to stick our necks out. You know, I don't intend to die. By the grace of God, I, you know I, I hope that I live long to see my children's children. In Jesus' name, but um, whatever it takes is really what it's gonna take. Whatever it takes, some artists choose to stay out of the political conversation because they don't want to alienate one side of the their audience or the other some artists because they make money for performing for government um you know functions and things like that and so they don't want to you know it's like a job to them it's like you know if you go to work every day i gotta go to work and this is what i have to do so it's a very personal decision for each artist whether they want to walk that path I do strongly believe that it's necessary and I do strongly believe that arts, music, movies um, entertainment, media it it has the power to change the narrative like almost nothing It's, it's a gift from God, it's divine it's spiritual, it's, you know, you look at what makes Fela the greatest Nigerian musician of all time is not because he was the greatest vocalist. It's because of what he stood for. It's because of, of the message. It's because of you know him pushing back against a system of oppression and all of that. Those are the things, those are the seeds that change the narrative. Music and movies and art and entertainment and media are so powerful that you can use them to subtly pass messages across. and And I think long term, that's what will give us a shot at change the narrative. And it's just, hopefully, more artists and actors and entertainers and, and people in places of success are able to find the courage to use their voices and use their gifts. You have everything within you, what it will take to change your situation, your family situation, your country, your society. History is rife with examples of young people who have changed the world. And... It always sounds crazy when you start, but that's what faith is. It's just taking the first steps even when you don't know where the staircase is leading to. It's, it's just being bold and courageous enough to start something. So whatever idea or vision or purpose that God has placed inside of your heart, you, you may not have what it takes to take every step of the journey, but you can start. So start where you are, use what you have, do what you can, and eventually, by God's grace, you'll be okay. So even when it comes to you know, bringing it back home to um, rebuilding nations, the the young people of Africa are the ones that are going to to save Africa. Um, We've got to take that on ourselves. Despite the obstacles, despite what's standing in our way, we've got what it takes, we just need to start. So, whether you're in Kenya or Nigeria or anywhere on the continent, start something. Catch our next African stories in the next episode.
0: Was I the only one like listening to his story and listening to him speak? And then after you're just like, yes, I can. (laughs) And you always want to run out and just like announce your political um, (laughs) bid for whatever seat it is. No, but seriously, I mean, he really raised a lot of important points. It was just so interesting to draw parallels between... Nigeria and Kenya and I don't know which country you're listening from but there there's possibly parallels that you're drawing as well right and even like when he talks about the challenges because I do have a friend who ran for office here in Nairobi and he had to pull out right before the elections because he was getting like death threats and it's hectic like when he says a challenge is security like yo it's actually real and you just have to decide when you're signing up for some of these journeys especially journeys where you're trying to change shit that whatever comes with that journey is worth what you're fighting for you know we're coming from a week where we in Kenya have an MP who shot Like, short, short, not shooting your short, short again, like, short at a DJ. And it's just really, obviously, I do this all the time, but I'm now consciously really wondering about the caliber of people we've placed in positions of governance, positions of, like, transforming this country, and then we get shocked that it's, it's not moving, it's not changing, if anything, it's regressing. But, yo look at the type of people that we've put in key positions of of governance right yeah it all it it got me thinking a lot man not that i'm about to announce like my political vid or anything (laughs) (laughs) adele Tosha (laughs) but i do hope like this episode inspired you to just work on that self-doubt work on like Breaking it down and believing in yourself again. Look at failure as an opportunity to learn from from the experience and do things differently. Um instead of telling people how to change things, how about you decide to be the change? Ooh, that sounds like a quotable. Sounds so deep, Adele. <laughs> um make sure you do join the insta tribe go onto instagram and search for legally clueless podcast and that's it for this episode of legally clueless you can share this podcast with your friends you can keep it for yourself i'm not judging just make sure you're here next week for the next episode